Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Lots of talk over the last 24 hours about the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL after the poll of 50 execs, coaches, scouts, players, about who were the top players at each position put together by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. And we're going to spend a few minutes on those quarterbacks right now. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. As always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. So if you did not get a chance to see the list, first of all, it's on ESPN.com. So by all means, go and check it out because it's going to be each day a different position where they will rank 10 through 1, mm. all the play, all the top players at each position. Mm-hmm. So we'll go just quickly from top to bottom here. Aaron Rodgers, 1. Patrick Mahomes, 2. Josh Allen, 3. Tom Brady, 4. Joe Burrow, 5th. Matthew Stafford, 6th. Justin Herbert, 7th. Russell Wilson, 8th. Deshaun Watson, ninth, And Dak Prescott, 10th. Where does it begin for you when it comes to this list if you have issues with it? Well, the list is pretty much the list that I gave a couple of weeks ago when I ran through my top 10 quarterbacks. The only issue that I have with the list is Dak Prescott being 10th and Lamar Jackson not being on it. Yeah. I I don't know how that's even possible, Carlin. You're talking about a 25-year-old MVP that has a road playoff win, neither of which Dak Prescott has ever done. And then to take it a step further, Carlin – I have fewer questions about Lamar Jackson being a force multiplier than I do with Dak Prescott. So when it comes to the conversation about whether or not a guy is worth the money that he's going to get in a contract extension, I know that Lamar Jackson will be worth every penny that the Baltimore Ravens give him. Dak is not I, a top I, 10 quarterback. And he's being paid like a top five quarterback. Yeah. That, that's my problem with it. So, yeah, when I look at this list and Dak Prescott's on it and Lamar Jackson's off it, it kind of loses legitimacy. But when I ran through my top 10 quarterbacks, Carlin, here's what I had. Pat Mahomes, number one. Aaron Rodgers, number two. So, obviously, the talent evaluators in the Jeremy Fowler survey had that flipped. Had Josh Allen as the number three quarterback. Joe Burrow was my number four. Tom Brady was my number five. Okay, you're obviously, right there. Obviously, they're flipped. Okay. Right. I had Stafford six. That's dead on. I had Herbert seventh. That's dead on. Lamar Jackson was my eighth best quarterback. I think the list had Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson was number nine for me. Mm-hmm. And then Russell Wilson was number 10. Okay. So you are Russ was at 10. Okay. So you're pretty much right there with the list, but yeah. th- my biggest thing is something that you mentioned about Dak, the force multiplier thing. Dak, for instance, last year, Threw for 400 yards less than Derek Carr. And you can say, well, he had to throw more, all that. That's fine. Consider this. Dak had three top 40 receivers last year in (laughs) yards uh, total for receiving yards. Mm -hmm. Derek Carr had one with Hunter Renfro. One. You look at Lamar Jackson. Look at what Lamar Jackson did last year with all the injuries that that team had. Not to mention his injuries, Carlos. Yes. Lamar Jackson missed five games, and that team was in the playoff hunt until the last regular season game against the Steelers. But the they were in it in week 18. Chris, the uninformed, the uneducated are going to go look at the numbers and say, wait, how is this? He only threw for 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 picks. Go look at We know what he does in the running game. If you're giving me a choice between having to defend Lamar Jackson and having to defend Dak Prescott, 
It's no choice. I will go up against Dak Prescott any time I have to in that instance. Dak Prescott ain't the hill I'm willing to die on, no. Carlin. He's a good, not great quarterback. I don't think he's top 10. Neither do you. But there is no question in my mind that Lamar Jackson is top 10 at that position. And, Carlin, forget about the metrics, the analytics. Just look at how the organization has transformed since they drafted Lamar Jackson. We actually had the test case in his rookie year because that was a team under 500 with Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback. I want to say they were four and five. Lamar Jackson took over, went six and one, and they went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Carlin, and they've been in the playoffs every single year except this past year where he was out for five games. Yep. So we know how this guy affects winning. Isn't that all that matters when it comes to the most important position on the team? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I don't understand how anybody in their right mind can say, We'd rather have Dak Prescott than Lamar Jackson. Sure, the way he does it is unconventional, but there is no denying how this guy impacts winning and how he makes others around him better. I would say this, Carlin. I think there's an argument when it comes to Dak Prescott that there hasn't been a quarterback since Dak came into the league in 2016 that's done less with more talent around him. Totally agree. There hasn't been a Think about this. For, for the majority of his time in the NFL, he's had one of the best offensive lines. He's had Amari Cooper, who was a former top five pick. He's had a rushing champ in Ezekiel Elliott. This, this past year, the organization drafted a guy that's arguably the best defensive player in the year, finished second in defensive player of the year, voting to Aaron Donald in his rookie season. Don't forget about C.D. Lamb. He had a defense that was number one in takeaways, creating a lot of extra possessions. He's had C.D. Lamb. They just signed Michael Gallup to a $60 million contract. All I'm simply saying here, Carlin, Think about the talent that's surrounded Dak Prescott since he's been in Dallas. And then think about Dak Prescott only having one playoff win to show for it. It's Canty and Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN Radio. Somebody else had a little issue with the list, and it was closer to the top of the list. I got a little treat for you. You ready? I'm listening. KJM we go. Oh, boy. Keyshawn Johnson. He, he strikes again. Checking in. I take it. I don't believe Josh Allen is the reason that the Buffalo Bills were in the position that they were in. I believe it was the coaching. I believe it was the the acquisition of Diggs through the general manager and Brandon Bean. I like Josh Allen, but I'm just not that guy that all of a sudden look up and because Josh Allen had two good solid seasons back to back that he is just getting ready to be the next guy. Even Even though people pushing it that way, I don't. I need to see more. That's just me. Uh, I, I'm sorry, what? Two good, solid seasons in which he threw for 73 touchdowns, and we need to see more from Josh Allen? Car- Carlin. Not to mention what he does in terms of running the football. Carlin, the three years where Josh Allen has been a full-time starter, the Buffalo Bills have been in the playoffs, and they've won playoff games in two of the three. What, what are we talking about? Who, who is a bigger agent for change in that Bills organization than Josh Allen? Don't, don't, tell, me, don't tell me it's the head coach in Sean McDermott. It's I'm not. not saying that head coaching isn't important. I'm not saying that the talent evaluator isn't important. But they don't play the damn games. Bill Parcells used to say this all the time. Coaches with good schemes and no talent coach at unimportant places. That's where the Buffalo Bills would be. That's what they would be if they didn't have Josh Allen. So how the hell can you say he ain't the reason the Bills are where they're at? What are you talking about? We have to start a new segment this fall called Who Said It? Keyshawn or Orlovsky. That has to happen. 
Well, you know Dan Orlovsky ain't, ain't crazy enough to say something as asinine as this, Carlin. Think about it. If you're starting an NFL team, you can make a case for Josh Allen being the first guy off the board. Absolutely you can. With the physical gifts that he has, yep. not to mention his ability as a runner. You're talking about a guy that had over 700 rushing yards last year. Yep. Think about it. He's a BYOB. Bring your own blocker. <laughs> he can run around you. He can run over you. That's how gifted Josh Allen is. So it's absolutely ridiculous for Keyshawn to have this take. At some point, we got we to gotta rein Keyshawn in, man. It's getting out of hand. The last month, Keyshawn has absolutely been out of is hand. This, and it's continuing to go with this. I list. mean, let's call it this. Is it worthy of an intervention? We might need to have one. We yeah. might need to bust in on the KJM crew, go on their set, and just sit down and have a moment with Keyshawn Johnson. We're going to have to send him to take rehab? <laughs> I, I don't know. We might have to get in a professional for a guided conversation, maybe a therapist to try to get underneath <laughs> the underlying issues and figure out what the root is for these crazy takes. Can we take that? There's, there's no way that you can justify what he's saying about Josh Allen not being the biggest agent of change in Buffalo. No we, way. We need more content, and content no, is he got, he got the Buffalo community ready to build a new stadium for the Bills. That's how good Josh Allen is. <laughs> The road to the rematch. We ain't had a new stadium in 70 years. We ready to build one now that we got Josh Allen. The road to the rematch is on. It's Bantamweight champ Juliana Pena and former champ Amanda Nunes go head-to-head as coaches on the historic 30th season of The Ultimate Fighter. Stream the series now exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. Up next, the second of our two-a-days, and this will take us to Minneapolis to examine the Vikings. Where have they taken a step forward this offseason? We will fill you in in just moments. Plus, is it ever acceptable to cry over a sporting event or sporting moment that does not include a child or a family member? I had a little issue this weekend that we will discuss in moments. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. A moment over the weekend that I have not had in a really, really long time, and it brought with it a question that I need to get answered. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive.com. In three minutes, we get to the Minnesota Vikings two-a-day. But I have to ask this question. You and Nuno, uh, Nuno, of course, of the hashtag crew, were just killing me last week or a week and a half ago or so when we were talking about my fandom and I told you that I was going to 
see Keith Hernandez get his number retired for the Mets this past Saturday. I was a huge Mets fan when I was a kid. They traded Mookie Wilson in 89. I bailed on my fandom, and I went somewhere else. Mookie was my guy. You're a fraud fan. Okay, that's you fine. Can't, you, can't, you can't change your team just because your team moves on from one of your favorite players. Well, it happens. Sports happened. fandom doesn't work that way. Well, in my life it does, and, and that's what happened. And we're going to continue if to you, call you a fraud. You can call me a fraud if you like, but Nuno, I want to get you in on this in a second too. I went to the game on Saturday to see Keith Hernandez because I told you Keith was – I watched a lot of bad Mets baseball and was locked in on it for a long time. And when they got Keith, it was the it was the trade. It was the turning point. But it wasn't Keith getting his number retired that got to me. The whole thing kind of got to me early. But then my guy was there. Mookie was there. And it's, he was one of only a couple of players. You could tell there were select guys that were supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Mookie Wilson was there. And, they, and Howie Rose introduced Mookie in the stadium at City Field. And I legitimately welled up. And I'm not talking about like just a little tear or something. Like it went full on. Okay. I it went full on. My eyes were like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And even thinking about it right now, it gets me choked up because the reception he got was amazing. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> so are you a Mets fan or aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm not, but I was back then. And I think this was about the connection so to my the childhood. Nostalgia, the nostalgia. Right. And so you welled, up, I loved you welled up when they announced Mookie, yes. not so much when they unveiled Keith Hernandez's jersey being retired at City I, I had a special feeling through the whole thing because it was such a part of my but, childhood. But, but the tears... The tears the were actual, the actual precipitation Legitimate. from your eyes. Yes. That, that came from Mookie more so than Keith. Is it ever acceptable, when, not when it's a family member or your child or anybody else, is it ever acceptable to cry as a fan? Now, it's a little hard to ask you this question having been a professional athlete, but what do you think? It's acceptable. It's completely acceptable. Have you acceptable. ever done it? I may or may not have cried. When? When there were a few championship years with the New York Yankees. Okay. One of which, my favorite Yankee of all time, Bernie Williams, came through in a big spot in the playoffs. It may have happened. Okay, and you grew up in the Bronx, so you are no fraud fan, as we know. No, no. And you I'm weren't... still a Yankees fan. I right. didn't change my baseball fandom. Uh, was it 96, 98, 99? Which one was it? I, I'm just saying it, it may or may not have been one of the championships. So you're not going to admit it? I, 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 may At least may, I'll own it, it, may, admit it. It may or may not have happened. Nuno, is it acceptable to cry over a moment or your team? Yes, I think first and foremost you were crying because you realized how much of a fraud you are. So like, no, I've cried just, about that many other times. So, so that's what it was, and that's just not about yes. sports. That's uh, about everything in life. Exactly. Let's yes. keep it. Let's keep it PG, bro. Um, so no, I and I told you like I have like that '96 Yankee team, right? Like seeing that title, and I actually was telling you the story. So six years ago, this past Sunday was the anniversary of Portugal winning the Euro 2016. I happened to produce that game on for ESPN Radio. And I remember I got out of here. I sat, you know, I got into my car and like, yeah, there was tears. Like that whole emotion came over me. So, yeah, it's crying is fine. But the fact that you gave up on them and now cried is very suspect. Exactly. But it's not crying over what's going over and happening now. 
it was more about the fact that I loved this guy so much. For instance, I worked at SNY for eight years in New York, which is the Met station. The only time in my professional career that I can remember legitimately being over the top nervous to interview anybody was Mookie. Mm-hmm. And, and that was in person. And like, I was uh, like really shaking. Like I had to start, we were taping it. I had to start the interview twice over because it was that bad. But here's what doesn't make sense to me, Carlin, about Mookie still invoking those emotions. Mookie, who was dealt away from the Mets and yeah. probably felt the way about it, still found his way back home to being a part of the Mets organization. Well, because mm-hmm. always a Mets. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. are you still a Rangers fan? Well, if Mookie can forgive the Mets, why can't you? No, no, I you can't. He, no, you can't go back. No, but why, didn't, but why didn't you? Become, no, he can go back. This what? is not a Kevin Durant situation. <laughs> he can absolutely go back. Well, his more, legacy, his legacy is already cemented. I have more respect for Carlin going back and being a Mets fan than continuing to be a fraud and go with a team in the Rangers. So, See, but here's the thing: Did I exactly jump on a bandwagon when I went to the Texas Rangers in the late '80s? Just because the team didn't win doesn't mean you didn't jump off the well, Mets. Bandwagon. And it's I mean, funny. It's still, it's still a fraud. And it why didn't you? you and why didn't you follow? Why didn't you follow Mookie to uh, the, the Blue, Blue Jays? Jays? Yeah, exactly. Well, like, why didn't you do that? The reason I went to the Rangers was because my brother Steve had moved to Dallas in 1985, and in 87 and 88, I would go and visit him, and he had amazing seats at the old Arlington Stadium, and I would sit there and go to the games with him. So I just, for whatever reason, got hooked into the second team, and then when the Mets did that with Mookie, I bailed. It's funny that we say this because the last time I cried before this at a sporting event was when the Rangers lost game six in 2011 because I knew they were not winning game seven. Yeah. That was a crusher as a fan of the World Series. Like they were, they were literally on two different occasions a strike away from winning the whole freaking thing. You talk about years of pain. That was years of pain, and I lost it after the game. I can't understand how you're that emotionally invested in two different baseball teams. But I, no I'm not invested me. in the Mets now. That was me invested in Mookie and Keith and what my childhood was. So if the Mets win a championship this year, if they I win don't a care. Pair, there, there, there wouldn't be a small part of you that would no. be happy about it. No. I mean, I, I'd be happy for friends who are Mets fans. Sure. But you can pawn it off as that, Carlin. You, you know what it is. I would not You be, have two teams. I would not And be, if you have two teams, you have no team. You're, it's like quarterbacks in the NFL. This you got is not why I brought this have, up. I could not bring have, this up to one. be attacked. I feel well, triggered well, right what, now. Well, you should be because you're a fraud. You should be most upset with yourself. Listen, I have my therapist to tell me I'm a fraud. I don't need, I pay for that privilege. I don't need you to well, tell listen, me that. I'm your teammate, and as, as such, because I pride myself on being a good teammate, I'll lie for you, but I'll never lie to you. In this instance, <laughs> you're a fraud, and so I have to tell you you're a fraud. This is not going to be a Brooklyn Nets situation where I'm going to enable you like Katie enabled <laughs> Kyrie. I'm actually going to hold you accountable. And when it comes to your sports fandom, you can only have one team. And it started out being the but, Mets, and it has to be the Mets uh-huh, in perpetuity. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll you give you an example, you, you though. You can't go to the Rangers here, here was, and be invested in two baseball teams. We almost had a tricky moment on Saturday, too, with my wife. Because I told her, I, I didn't care about the game at all. Like, we left after four innings. Mm-hmm. I did not care in the least. But we live a ways away and so the, the ceremony's beginning at 3.30, and I told my wife, I, I really want to leave here 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. And she initially said, we'll leave at 1 o'clock. 
And then we ran into running a little bit late. <laughs> and we didn't get into the car until 10 after 1. And as we know, when you live in the New York area in Queens, anything like that, it is a crapshoot. Oh, yeah. And so there were tense moments as we are looking at the, the Google Maps or the Waze, as the time keeps changing, your arrival time is now 2.58. Your arrival time is now 3.15. Your arrival time is now 3.20. We made it, but that could have been... That's that dicey. could have been a very dicey. That's that could have completely dicey. turned the weekend if we did not make it there. And she, the first thing she said to me is, I am so glad we made it. Yeah, the Grand Central Parkway on a weekend? Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that one. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. I, I'm, we need to get another opinion. And when we need opinions, who do we solicit them from? Diana Rossini. The voice of reason. Exactly. And she is coming up in just moments, not only for that, but obviously to fill us in on everything going on as we approach training camp in the NFL. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and you can be there to catch all the action live with Vivid Seats. Get out to the ballpark, experience every home run, every web gem, every walk-off. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you'll start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Buy 10 tickets, get the 11th one free. That's like getting 10% back on every ticket. From box seats to the bleachers, Vivid Seats has you covered with tickets at great prices all summer long. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Was there a major problem for Diana Rossini with the quarterback list and who was on it? We will ask her next. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. There's no crying in baseball! Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Kathy and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. How about John Morant? In an interview with Bleacher Report's Taylor Rooks says that he would, quote, cook Michael Jordan. Cook, Michael Jordan. Your response? He's probably right. Probably. Because we saw uh, Michael Jordan get crossed up by a young Allen Iverson when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers. So I I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that Ja could cross up Michael Jordan and put him in the blender. But when it comes to the greatness of Michael Jordan – I don't think that can be questioned. And furthermore, Carlin, I don't know that something like this needs to be said from a player that has yet to get his team out of the second round. 
I'm gonna need for John Morant to pump the brakes on this one. Relax a little bit. You gotta accomplish a lot more in this league before you can go after the guy that is unanimously viewed as the best player to have ever played the game. Carlin, when they did the 75th anniversary team, the top 75 players in the history of the NBA, do you know the last guy that was announced? Michael Jordan. And do you know where he stood on the podium? Right in the middle Mm -hmm. with all the other 74 players around him. Yep. So chill out. When the best of the best recognize that this guy is the greatest of all of us, there's got to be some respect on Michael Jordan's name. I don't need Ja Morant in year what? Year three? Taking shots at Michael Jordan. I I don't know. I actually didn't have a big problem with it. I mean, I I get it. I I think Ja... You're right. In in a moment, probably would. He's incredibly fast. And I love the fact that the second it was out on Twitter yesterday, all of a sudden, all of the people who hate Jordan were posting the videos of Rex Chapman going for 39 against Jordan. And that one came and saying, well, if he can't stop Rex Chapman, how's he going to stop John Morant? I mean, that was kind of silly, but it's funny. I, I, look. Yeah, but Michael Jordan was a hell of a defender, though. We're, we're, yeah, we're sitting there that, talking this about what I, yeah, Michael this is what Jordan I said is with an, all, an all-defensive team guy yeah, he's for the one, majority of his career. He won Defensive Player of the Year a few exactly. times. Exactly. <laughs> so, so what are we what, what are we talking about? I, look, I like the confidence from John Moran. I like the fact that he was willing to say something like that in that mm. spot because it didn't come around to me like he was completely serious about it. I think he, I think he thinks he would. I think he's confident that he would. But uh, the one thing where you're right is, you know, you haven't been out of the second he round. He won so. Defensive Player of the Year while averaging 35 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, let's put, let's put it simply another way. That's comical. Let's, let's put it simply another way. Michael Jordan won Defensive Player of the Year because he wanted to. That's Fair it. Fair enough. That is Fair it. Fair enough. And that's all you need to say. Greeny, the podcast. So the quarterback list of the top 10, who belongs, who doesn't. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Certain people make life easier by helping me out. And ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. How? ZipRecruiter's technology finds great candidates, and you can invite them to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny to try it for free. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL insider reporter, joins us right now. And Diana, as we've talked about many times, we trust your opinion on things that are related to life. And uh, I had a moment this weekend where I was at City Field to see Keith Hernandez get his number retired. Mookie Wilson was my all-time favorite New York Met. And when he got introduced... I legitimately welled up in my eyes. I mean, the tears were coming out. And the question is, if it's not family-related, is that acceptable to cry over a sporting event? It is 100% acceptable. In fact, I admire it. I think the fact that you're that affected and touched and, and obviously you have incredible memories and it meant that much to you, Granted, we, we both know he has no idea who you are, nor cares. But I think the fact that, that, you, that you're that invested, I am totally fine with that. So you're telling me there are people out there who think it's weird if you shed a tear for a moment an athlete 
anything sports. Isn't that why we love sports? Because of that emotional connection that we all make, happy, sad, frustration, anger. We, we, we feel all of it all the time. So I, I'm cool with you with you doing that. Now, look, if you're doing, like, the blab thing, like, like, like my son cries, like, all right, that's, that's creepy, right? That, that gets a little weird. But having a moment and appreciating it, uh, life's too short. I'm glad you enjoyed it. See? Di- di- hold on, Diana. First of all, as, as a general principle, I agree with your take. But Carlin is not painting the full picture for you, Diana, because what he didn't tell you is currently he is not a Mets fan. He is a Texas Rangers fan. So although he was at a Mets game to celebrate an all-time great, he's actually a Texas Rangers fan. And what we said was it's fraudulent to have a moment where you well up and you cry at a sporting event when it's not an event that's associated with your team in any way, shape, or fashion. Well, but to be clear, I grew up a huge Mets fan. But you're fan. not a Mets fan now. Right, and it has nothing to do with now. It has it to do with honoring to the do past. It now. You, went, you didn't See, go you to the game it. in the past. You nailed it. Chris, you nailed it. I think we found why he was crying. I think he's mourning the fact that he can't be a Mets fan anymore, that he's changed teams and he feels like a traitor. So I, I think the tears were really more about him admitting something that has been really weighing on him all these years, which is he turned his back on what was once, you know, Shea Stadium, now City Field. He turned his back uh, on that Met, on those Mets who, you know, maybe deserve his love. So, you know, I, I hope you see therapy for it. I, you can always call me. I'm always here. <laughs> I'm already no, in Diana, therapy. Diana's right. Diana's right. You know what? You're rooting for a team that's 15 games back in their own division, whereas the New York Mets are 21 games over 500. So I get uh-huh. it. But since we got Diana on the show right now, and she's telling us what's acceptable, what's unacceptable, Diana, <laughs> we got to get your take on Tyreek Hill going off about his quarterback tour and saying that this is a do-or-die year for him. Is that fair or foul from Tyreek Hill when he said that on his podcast? Oh, he's so right. What what he's saying is 100% correct, but I'm fine if you're saying it. Louis Riddick is saying it. The great analysts that we have at the company are saying it, and and others that watch football and are are paid to comment on it. My my problem is just having the teammate do it during a time where everything is really quiet and it's supposed to be where players are supposed to, you know, focus on their families, enjoying just pretty much almost getting ready for, for training camp to start very soon. And, and I just don't think the headline is needed. And, and, and I don't want to go too macro on this, but guys, I talked to plenty of organizations who I know for a fact, because I try to do interviews and, and, you know, get in touch with players during the off season. They have to check in with their teams before they can do things. And I don't know whether or not the Miami Dolphins are cool with Tyreek having his own podcast. But I will bet you that Andy Reid in Kansas City would never allow this. And for Mike McDaniel, you know, starting as a first-time head coach, I think he needs to, you know, tighten the reins here just because you don't want this type of stuff. I don't necessarily blame Tyreek for, for the pressure he's putting onto it. The pressure's there. We all know it. It's pretty obvious here whether Tyreek speaks on it or not. It's just the Miami Dolphins don't need this. They don't need us to be talking about them on July 12th at 11.45 Eastern when, when we could be you know, getting ready to chat Baker Mayfield here who's going to be talking to the media in 15 minutes. ESPN NFL insider Diana Rossini with us. Diana, with that in mind, what is your take on what Baker can do in Carolina? Can he reclaim his career this year? 
I think change is good for, for a lot of people. I think, you know, anytime I've spoken to people about Baker Mayfield, whether it's Cliff Kingsbury, whether it's other reporters that covered him at Oklahoma, even, even the Browns, uh, as recently as the, the current staff, you, it's very difficult to criticize Baker as a, as a weak athlete mentally. Uh, if anything, there's always credit that he is so tough and that he uh, is open to challenge. So I think for Baker, he's going to be able to, to thrive off a lot of what I think we could call really messy. Emotionally, this was difficult for him. Uh, I think there was some embarrassment, especially with some of the headlines that came out recently and things that we've been hearing about Baker for a while. This has been a difficult road, but, but I think if there's any type of person that can grow from it and, and perhaps even use it to fuel him to be better, it, it's Baker. It's just we both know, or the three of us know, it, it could really – it could probably go the other way too. I'm not. I'm not. Put it this way. I'm not putting my money down on Baker Mayfield having a 10 win season. Uh, I just think he may be able to at least improve and be better. Talking with ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini on Greeny and Diana. Speaking of quarterbacks that are on the move this offseason, Jimmy Garoppolo is a name that a lot of teams are monitoring. We heard the report that the Seattle Seahawks are aware of his situation right now where he's at from a health standpoint. My question to you is this, with the 49ers not making it a secret that they'd like to re-sign Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa, you know, around the beginning part of training camp. How does that affect Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of the organization's urgency to potentially move on from him? Yeah, they they, they obviously want to move Jimmy, right? We they they're so darn open about it, and it's actually probably why I love covering the Forty ers more than any other team because they they don't lie. They don't they don't they're never trying to throw you off. They're like, here's what we're doing. This is the plan, and and. You know, the Jimmy G situation was always a little touchy because they liked the guy so much, and he had won for them. But right now, with them not being able to have a team prepared at this moment for a trade, they are put in a really tough position. But, but they truly believe that by the time we're in camp, maybe midway through, there will be a team that will be in need. And, and, and there's there's a world where... There isn't, right? And, and, you know, that's got to be something that John Lynch is going to have to figure out because the sense that I've always received from, from having conversations there is that they don't want to cut them, that, that, that's not, that that's not an option for them. Right? It, it is an option, but that's not something they want to do. So they know they need to pay these guys. These are their superstars. The, this is their future and key members of the team. Uh, it's just going to have to be timing. And, and it's kind of like how we just saw with Baker. Like, we just – the, the right thing needs to come along and, and maybe a little give uh, from, from both sides for, for it to really go down. Diana Rossini with us. Okay, the the list of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, uh, according to 50 different executives, coaches, players, and scouts that Jeremy Fowler uh, compiled here on ESPN.com now. They're doing it for each position group. You were on Get Up this morning. What was your take on the list as far as if there was anybody that was left off the list that belonged on it? Well, I think the obvious one that everyone has been talking about because it was a bit glaring and shocking was, was, was that Lamar was, I think, 11, right? So he wasn't in the top 10. And, and you know, we discussed all day and, and even reading the article myself and, and having conversations because it, it definitely 
it created a lot of buzz yesterday um, with GMs and coaches and even a couple of scouts I was texting with, like, hey, did you take, check this out? Um, you know, a lot of people saw it. And, you know, there, there, is, there is a thought that, that Lamar does need to, to prove that in certain situations he can be an, an elite pocket passer. There's definitely uh, that, that, that shared thought around the league. But in terms of not being not putting him in the top ten, uh, I remember having conversations about what the Ravens were going to do in terms of the deal when I thought that maybe, you know, what if this didn't work out? And I was just asking a few other teams, how does this work? You know, what do you think the interest level is? And I remember I had uh, a, one source with a team, and he was high-ranking. He was like, are you kidding? Do you know what teams would do if Lamar was available? They'd give him anything he wanted. So I, I think sometimes – a lot of these guys talk on both sides of their mouth, you know, and, and everyone, the, the people I talk to all agree. He's so freaking dynamic and special and difficult to defend and, and really unique in his own way. There's not a lot of quarterbacks like him. There isn't anyone like him. Um, so th- that's the one that I think stood out to me, just like I think it did for everybody else as soon as I saw that list. And, you know, Dak being in there at 10, because I think that's the only other quarterback you look on the list and you go, oh, you know, Joe Burrow's up there. But but Joe proved, and, and Joe has, has something about him that I think a lot of people, just like we feel about Justin Herbert, you just know. Um, and, and with Dak, he's, he's lost a little steam because of those injuries. Um, but there's, there's also that belief around the league that Dak is the guy. That, that, that's always something that's been consistent. Uh, my years of covering the game is just people's belief in Dak Prescott. Um, but I think, you know, Lewis Riddick made a great point today, and I'm going to steal it for a moment. It's just I think you could go back and forth on Dak and Lamar there in the top ten just based on the actual football situation. W- what are we talking about here? Final two minutes? Are we talking about uh, a situation where we're, we're close to the goal line, we've got to run it in? It just depends. Um, so to me, that, that was really – that was really the one. Otherwise, um, I, I actually kind of agreed with the rest of it. All right, Dianette. Now, normally we come to you for life advice, but this morning I'm told that you actually have a question for us because you need help with a little issue at the moment. Is that correct? I, I think at this point, guys, I'm due here because I, I've really guided both of you through your marriages, your family situations, your professional lives. Um, All true. The, the, the bill... That I that I should be sending you is through the roof. So yes, it is. We'll call it even if you can help me with this one. So my situation is this: I'm very fortunate. My family we have a nice little beach house down at the Jersey Shore, and I'm really close with my siblings. Like we're, we're like friends, and our wives and husbands and everyone we're all really tight, and we like spending time together. Like we love hanging out. We sit on the dock. The boys drink beers. The girls do too, but. Uh, more more wine in, in that group. But that being said, my parents are part of this home and they think we want them there all the time because we do like them. They're, 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 they're okay. But, but we don't want them there all the time. You know, <laughs> like, they, you guys understand the dynamic changes when the parents are there. I don't care how old you are. Uh, and, and my parents are easygoing and, and they're helpful and they cook and they do all these great things. But we just don't want them there. And so we don't know how to tell them, hey, can you give us like a weekend of just the kids? 
because I think they would be immediately offended and, and upset and not understand why we would want that time. Crush. So There's absolutely no way. Okay. So what do you think? How do you think I tell my parents, like, stay home? You don't tell them stay home, Diana. What you do is you set up a bucket list trip that they've always wanted to go on that coincides with the weekend or the week that you want to spend with your siblings down on the Jersey Shore because you can't break your parents' heart in this stage of the game. You can't. And here's the great part about it. You don't have to worry about paying for the accommodations because you guys already got the house. So you can afford to pay for the accommodations for your parents on their bucket list trip. Says the multimillionaire former football player. Nailed it. No, you just nailed it. For a guy that stood at his wife's dinner party with all her girlfriends for someone who is so out of touch with that, this is a, this is a phenomenal answer because that's, that's the way out. Send them somewhere else. It's a decoy. Hey, have fun. Go to Buffalo. Check out Niagara Falls. <laughs> we'll send them somewhere like that. And yeah, then that mean, way, have a good time. But can't you submit it sound like you should send them to Mallorca? You know, you can send them no, to a bucket, bucket no, list place. A bucket list trip. Someplace they've always wanted to go, Carlin. That's uh, okay, all I'm saying. but I got to pay for that, too? I mean, come on. Well, you're not paying for the trip to the Jersey Shore. Well, I mean, look. I, listen, I think we can all agree on one thing. The one thing you do not want to do is be honest in this situation. No, 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 no. Do not be honest. Honestly is honesty is not the best policy when it comes to family. It's Never like when been. your wife asks you to, you know, honestly, how does she look in the dress? You can't say what you think in your head if you don't think she looks oh, good. Oh, especially <sighs> my mother. Oh my goodness, the guilt trip she would give me, like. You know, how many times do I watch your son? How many times have I picked you up from the airport? Like, she would go off on, like, how unappreciative we are. And, you know, and, and here's the best part about all this is, uh, fortunately, my grandmother, her mother, uh, is, is alive and kicking, and she's healthy. She's wonderful. She's got tons of energy. She's 92 years old. Huh. And my mom will pick her up from the Bronx and bring her to the Jersey Shore for a weekend. And then after a day goes, I got to go take her back. I'm done with her. So she can't even stand her own mother. Yes, she can't see it with herself. But I, think I think the Canty plan is a golden one. We got to roll this second. But that's awesome. But we still need your help. So hopefully we'll get it again soon. Thanks, Diana. It's been Greeny coming to you live from, a, from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.